Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway Superfans. We did it. We did it. The Prince of Egypt concert has been canceled. <laughs> and it was all us. We did it. <laughs> Our tweets changed the world and we ended racism. Yep. Just like electing Obama. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, well, it's, a, I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird little complicated situation and then like canceling it, I think, is the best show of good faith we were ever going to get from people that cast a show as racist as they did in the first place. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm and not surprised that they would be still do- using the people they already paid doing it in private so that they don't lose that yeah. money well, they already spent. That is as much as, like, you should still be casting correctly – like, that is sort of how those things are supposed to work, because it is just sort of hearing the material. Well, but I think but that's, part, that's a, the problem, though. That's the problem, well, is that yeah. it's like, oh, well, it's not. It's just a concert, so let's hire all the white people. But that's exactly what feeds into, like, systematic inequality. If black performers yeah. aren't getting those workshops or getting those deals, then they're having to Starting work other survival beginning. jobs, yeah. right? And they don't have the credits and blah, blah, blah. And then they don't have the experience and people just want to hire Stark Sands because he's been on Broadway. <laughs> it all feeds into each other, guys. I know. It's all connected. Well, and there were, I mean, uh, just a series of you know unsurprising bumbles after the public outcry like Mm. the initial response was from scott schwartz was like appalling where you tried to say who's that the the base the artistic director who wrote that thing that was really made it worse yeah well first i mean it made it worse every time he wrote anything the first (laughs) thing he wrote was everyone's saying it's all white but there's five Five out of 15 people of color in this musical set in Africa. See, what a fucking idiot. What a fucking idiot. That asshole actually thought, actually fucking thought that we were saying, hey, there's not people of color. And he was going to come back and tell us that there were five people. And we were going to be like, "Mm, I'm sorry. You're right. We apologize. You're right. (laughs) Like, you're right. You're not a racist. Our mistake. Like, that is how fucking ignorant he is. I think what's so frustrating is with this whole, I like, uh, the whole thought process behind quote-unquote diversity that someone like he thinks is that this show doesn't need diversity. It needs like as accurate as you can racially accurate casting wait i'm confused what diversity is look at all the different kinds of people on stage Uh, right and that's what he was he was like look we have five non-white people we did diversity right 
And you're like, no, honey, that's not what happened. No, no, no. That's not and like that's not what that is. Because because we still have white as default, we can't be at it. We're not at a place where it's like anyone can play any race. That's exactly. why like you can't do blackface or like whitewashing is a thing. Right. Like when we're in the utopia of whatever Star Star Trek universe where everyone's whatever they are and nobody gives a shit, then maybe huh. you can do have data doing a racially diverse, you know. Right. I don't know, ragtime and somebody on uh, Klingon is playing Cole House Walker the third, <laughs> you know? But like we ain't there. We are nowhere <laughs> close. We are nowhere close. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's racist. It's offensive. I don't know. I, I mean, it's just like, I get it. I get you white people. You, you're hanging out with a bunch of other white people at your theater company out on Long Island and you don't understand. You haven't thought about these things, but you better study up quick. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, well, I think the most offensive thing actually if we really want is that the Bay Street Theater artistic director is the one talking and making these statements and not Stephen fucking Schwartz or the rest of the creative team because I know the Bay Street Theater had obviously had a hand in it and they were doing it together but like what like the creative team is behind casting like they're the ones that you know like I don't know exactly how it all developed but like it's their fucking project Where's our statement from Stephen Schwartz? Well, he's Stephen Schwartz's son. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. So it's like a Schwartz family. Well, then, fuck you. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck? Uh, Well, and then again, puts his foot in his mouth once more by sending out a follow-up statement on why it was canceled and blaming it on internet bullying right internet bullying that was the biggest that that i read that thing and it made me laugh because it was so fucking absurd i'm not gonna say that there probably weren't some people who were oh sure i mean reading thing, i was like inappropriately uh which happens all the time absolutely and i'm sure people were also saying really inappropriate things being you know like saying the things that do need to be said but don't need to be said in a mean way being like stark sands you're responsible because you took the job well sure and we said that but i also didn't like publicly tag stark sands on a tweet right and he is on some level responsible so there you know we could say that, but also anything else that I was seeing was people being like, listen, this cast is a, these actors are talented because we have to say that because actors get real bent out of shape when you're like, you were miscast, which doesn't mean you're a bad actor. It just oh means you God. shouldn't be in this role. <laughs> so you have to say, you know, you have to stroke their ego before not, you remind them part. that they're white. You have to be like, you're good. You're a good white person. You're really talented. But remember <laughs> human history? That's what's happening. Fuck white people's tears. And I'm sorry. I'm angry. I'm angry all the time now. Yeah, you have been for about three years now. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right. So, <sighs> 
expected missteps aside, like just take responsibility and move on everybody. Yeah. I'm really curious. I'm, I mean, I feel, I'm sorry for you. You weren't. No, go ahead. I I was just going to (laughs) say, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to (laughs) say, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that, uh, missteps aside, it did have a result. Yes. And, and what happens in the future obviously still remains to be seen, but I think that, you know, this is an example to everyone who like, I don't know, like, are you living, you're living outside New York. There's a theater company in your town, your city that are they producing things like that? Are they producing all white productions of shows that shouldn't be slash that's all of them? I mean, I guess, depending on the demographics of your city, blah, 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 who's auditioning all these things. But like, is your local theater company uh, racist? I don't know. Write them a letter. Like, we all have a powerful voice and we can all use it. Yeah. Like, you can take those moments. If you look at, like, your local theater company, their season, and you're like, whoa, it's all white. It's all white people. It's all men. It's all this. It's all that. And you're not happy with it. Tell them. Let them know. Tell them. Be like, I'm not subscribing to your theater company this season because... And tell us, and we'll amplify your voice. Yeah. Remember that vagina monologues thing? We got that? Us (laughs) single-handedly got that uh, uh, squashed. They were going to cancel that vagina monologues, and the show went on. I don't remember that. That's all right. What did we do? Remember? Well, we didn't really. I mean, someone reached out to us and was like, hey... They're going to cancel. They're trying to cancel this vagina monologues because it was like in a civic building. And oh right! From and they the were like, "It's inappropriate." Like, I remember. Yeah, don't use that for uh, your. How dare you talk about body parts? That's inappropriate. <laughs> Our bodies are disgusting. Like head over it, Puritanism. Well, well I hope. Uh, my hope. <clears throat> what I was going to just say. I was just going to say. You were just going to say. I was just going to say, I I hope that when the casting, like, I think at this point, any casting they announce for the Prince of Egypt that isn't actually, like, black people, like, yeah. majority black people, like, all black people, or just not white people at all, no white people, I'm still going to make a fuss. Like, maybe if they announced a cast and there was, like, A couple white people in the ensemble. Like, if we had, like, a token white person in an ensemble, two token white (laughs) people, one female, one male, I'd be okay with that. Sure. But if there's any more than two white people in the ensemble, token white people, then it's got to go. Yeah. Africa, Egypt is in Africa. It's just in Africa. I don't know how you get what? around that, kids. It's in Africa. It's on the continent of Africa, bordering the Middle East. No. So, white people. Do you know, no. I've never been great at geography, and I felt really stupid because I was looking at a map not that long ago. I think I was looking something up, and I didn't realize that Africa was connected to the Middle East. Oh, my God. Patricia Devery. I thought was it was the last, like, like 
like like I don't geography know, like Australia. class you took. Like it was like its oh, own. Oh, it was completely thing. detached. I didn't know there was a land bridge. Like you knew that it was like next to each other. You just no, didn't yeah, know yeah, that yeah. it was connected. I knew that. I knew where right. it was. I oh, just that's didn't so know it was connected. Funny. That's funny. I I mean I and then I was like oh like why geography did I not was something that? that I really liked as, as in the school so I always like I was pretty good at it mm. um I loved filling out those blank maps also I like totally was into like you know Egyptology when I was younger yeah oh, me too. I've also been to Israel so I know the region oh, so sure. I was I was aware <laughs> of the land bridge between Africa and the Middle East. Sure. That's funny. That's really funny that you didn't know that. That's that's like see? literally like thirty three years of thirty three years of my life not knowing that. <clears throat> oh man. See, we're I every mean, day. Maybe there was a, a time when I did know. Sure. But and you I can't forgot. remember. Yeah, probably in elementary school when you were filling out a blank map of the world. Right. Right. I only had one year of a dedicated geography class. I don't really remember, but I do just remember really loving filling out those maps. I'm I can still really... do it. You give me a U.S. map, a blank U.S. map, I could definitely still fill it out. Mm. Not the capitals, though. Fuck capitals. Oh, I know the capitals. Oh, I don't know any of them. Well, see, Albany, Olympia. That's it. I have poor spatial reasoning skills, so right, right. That makes I sense. Can't like look at things. Like I'm more of an R learner, so the capitals I just memorized through a song. See, isn't that so interesting? I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just like the basics of humanity that like our <laughs> brains are wired differently because me, yeah. like if you, I can't learn anything auditorily. Like I, that shit is in and out of my brain. Like if somebody, that's why like I have so much trouble when someone's like, if I'm like, Hey, I can't spell this word. Patty, you spell it for me. And then you say it. And then I'm like, now say it. Like two times slower than you just did. Like say it one letter at a time and let me write the letter while you're, and then we'll go to the next letter because like, I just can't remember that shit. It it just goes in and out, but yeah, blank map. I'll fill the whole thing out. Wow. It's crazy how we have different skills. Oh man. Let's (laughs) use them together to complement each other. (laughs) That's funny. Well, moving on from our "What kind of learner are you?" segment, <laughs> uh, any do, any kinesthetic learners out there? Any? No. All right. Any what learners? Uh, that's like you learn by doing. Oh, kinesthetic learning. I I'm a watcher. If I see I it, went to I can do school. it. That's funny. <laughs> uh, we saw something rotten this week. Yeah, we did. With this great new cast. Um, the first thing I need to say is that they changed the walls in the St. James, and I, it made me, I had feelings. I'm sorry. There was this beautiful wallpaper in the mezzanine on the walls, and it matched the curtains that are in both the, the, the you know, down in the orchestra, the curtains at the front, mm-hmm. and also in the boxes in the mezzanine. Like, and it just, I don't know how long that wallpaper has been up there, but I just liked it. And it, I had feelings about it because it was old and pretty. And, mm. that, and then it was gone, and it made, I was very struck by how sad I was about it. Mm. I was like, that wallpaper. No, I don't know, man. They, they kept sorry. the curtains. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't know. Maybe it just it was moldy or something. I mean, I'm sure it was just fucking old. Yeah. And I'm sure it needed to be replaced. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, man, that, like, old, ornate uh, wallpaper is gone. And now it's just ugly blank walls. Yeah. Well, hopefully when it's an empty theater, uh, which won't be for a long time for all the people who have jobs at the St. James, (laughs) that maybe they'll replace it. Because I'm sure if they had to take it down during the run, they didn't have time to re-wallpaper. Maybe. Well, what did we think about Something Rotten this third time around? <laughs> um, well, I, I certainly I certainly liked the changes because we saw yeah. so early in previews. Ugh. That scene, they cut that love quartet, which is obviously great. And that little scene that uh, Leslie B, B, Leslie's character yeah. B has with the brother. I, I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I thought it worked. Uh, show's about the same. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same show. Yeah. Had this, yeah, basically the same feelings about it. Yeah. It was more enjoyable, I guess, just because of the distance. We So mm. if you haven't seen our Something Rotten review, it's a pretty, it's one of our um, m- most poorly received reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but we not as bad as the snobby, Fantastics. Not as bad as the Fantastics, but we were real snobby comedy-wise about mm. it. And we also saw it twice in one week, which was not our fault or our intention. Right. And when you're already sort of like, this is a one joke musical, seeing that one joke musical twice in one week gets a little tired. I idea bad idea so seeing the one joke musical like a year and a half later i'm like all right one joke musical (laughs) i feel like (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like the majority like there were certainly things that got both of us even this time that we both laughed at but i would say that the majority of the like i think the two of us did a lot of like huh yeah you know where we were like yeah i see what you did there i get it Uh uh-huh yeah that's cute. That's just funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, there weren't any moments of, like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting that. It was so funny. No, it wasn't, like, a laugh riot. But I just fell deeper in love with Rob McClure, yeah. as I do every time I see him in anything. Of course. Of course. I definitely like, I think his... Obviously, like, I fucking love Brian Darcy James, but, you know, all the things I said in our review about his energy and, like, the the masculine energy that he brings to it that's, like, such a different masculine energy than Rob yes, brings. than Rob's. He, I agree. It, and also, I think, obviously, that scene in the courtroom is good, really good, it's, helps humanize yeah, him, better. helps, mm-hmm. like, make him into less of the piece of shit that he is. Right. Uh, but it's still the, I mean, it's still the show that it is. Uh, yeah. Brian Darcy uh, James had more of like a defiant energy where Rob McClure's was like desperate. Yeah. Like Brian, I thought that Brian was playing it. <clears throat> it was a very, very sexist skew that he was like, I do it. I man me do me provide me do it. <laughs> You know, and like Rob was more like, oh, my God, I love this woman so much. I have to provide for her. I want to do good. You know, yeah, that's sort of like the emotional difference. I felt that it was like, yeah, I get that. It was both like an ego thing, but it was like Brian's. I felt was like he was like, I have to do this to protect my ego. And Rob was like, I want to do good. 
Yeah. So it was like a very yeah. minute I, difference. No, but, definitely. And they both have such different energy also. And like, whatever. Yeah, obviously we just love Rob McClure. So. Right. Well, and he, like, he was like more been... likable, you know, like I mm-hmm. found Brian Darcy James completely unlikable in, in something rotten. And I was like, okay, Rob, I, you're still like vaguely likable. But at the end mm. of the day, my main thought is that Leslie Kritzer should be playing that part. <laughs> I'd see it. Right. That's what I would like. Yeah. Uh, as, as stated, Leslie Kritzer is B and just like any, uh, female love interest in a male centric musical is underused, but um, fantastic. Yeah. She is fantastic. It's such a small part. I mean, I remember, I knew it was a small part. And then as we were watching it, I was like, Oh my God, it's annoying how small this yeah. part is. It's a good wig though. Great wig. Yeah. But, you know, I also, duh, I don't know if it's direction or whatever, but, like, nobody optioned up on anything, and it was driving Whoa. me nuts. That was, what the fuck? Like, you've got Rob McClure, you've got Leslie Kritzer, they can do it, let me hear it. I'm sorry, you have Leslie Kritzer, and you were like, mm, nah, you can just hit that normal note at the end, it's cool. <sighs> like, really? <No. laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And Josh Crosetti is Nigel, and he was delightful. Great. Great. Born to play that part. I really enjoyed the height difference between him mm. and Rob. I thought they played that very cutely, just a mm. little bit, but they played it very well. I did like, I felt, I, I liked, I felt like Rob and Josh had like a really good brother chemistry. Mhm. I think they they like looked like brothers. They looked like they could be brothers and like they had really good energy together. I agree. Well, and I'll tell you after seeing the show, I did something that I didn't do after seeing it the last couple of times. I recommended it to someone to mm. go see. Oh, like really? Who, uh, someone I don't know, like a friend of a friend, you know, Emily and I get a lot of uh Hey, someone's coming to the city. What shows should they see? Uh, emails and messages on Facebook. And I, it was a friend of a friend and they were like interested in seeing Wicked. But if they couldn't get tickets to that, what other kinds of shows would they see? And I was like, are they taking kids to Wicked? No. Okay. Here's some other big Broadway musicals. That's funny. Yeah. And I said something rotten, which I wouldn't, I would not have recommended that before. Like to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the hardest thing about you and I critiquing something rotten is that just the the level of humor for our taste is so fucking low. Yeah. That it's like, you know, I don't want to recommend it because I'm like, I didn't think it was funny. But I also understand that my standard for humor is astronomically high. Mm Mm-hmm. So you have to remember say, who you're recommending it for. Well, right. Exactly. And I will say the song, it, it's a musical, remains, my feelings about it remain the same. It's the best Tony's opening number not featured on the Tony Awards that ever mm-hmm. existed, that it really is just throwing things in there for references sake. But I didn't remember and I thought that the omelet, the musical section did a much better job with that, those references, because they, 
there was an actual story that they were then able to implement that it in instead of just being like musical, 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 musical. Hmm. I was at least, I was like, okay, I didn't remember enjoying this part of it as much as I'm enjoying it now. That's interesting. It was the same to me. Hmm. Those egg costumes. You don't remember those egg costumes? I do remember those egg costumes. Okay. I was I like, oh my that. God, how could you forget those fucking egg costumes? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know who brought me great joy? Who? Tracy Beezer. Oh, God, yes, Tracy Beezer. She is a fucking delight to watch. She's so great. But, like, you watch her in the ensemble, and, like, she... uh, She bites the apple. Like, she just has so much joy radiating from her face in those Mm -hmm. dance numbers. Yeah. I love watching her. Yeah, she's one of my favorite ensembles to watch when I see in a show. And I forgot that she went into this show. And, like, Mm -hmm. the second they all came out, I was like... (gasps) My eyes locked on her. <laughs> Tracy Beezer. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, honeymoon reunion. Woo-woo. Oh, yeah. <sighs> also, I mean, obviously, just I want to say that uh, it's 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 still silly and weird that uh, the re- people who have been replacement cast racially have been cast in the same roles as the original cast well, racially yeah. were cast. So, guys, remember, that's fucking stupid. That's fucking stupid. You have uh, tons of different races of people in the ensemble. Anybody can be anybody. Well, yeah, I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, she's playing the Marisha Wallace track. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's not as... Really fucking stupid. It's not as diverse as a Prince of Egypt cast, but... Mm -hmm. uh, Actually, it is about as diverse as that Prince of Egypt cast. But, like, yeah. <laughs> there are more than just some token minorities. And guess what, guys? That pl- takes place in 1595. And everybody wasn't like, oh, but England in 1595 was all white, which it wasn't. But, like, you can just remember that you If can you can do believe that a soothsayer is seeing the future and telling you about the fucking musicals well, of the future, <laughs> I'm sorry, that soothsayer could be black. True. Rob McClure's character could be black. If you can believe mm. that they're going is to a that, magic man and telling them shit. Soothsayer black is that like mystic old black man? Well, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> So make Rob Rob's character the bottom Nick Bottom. Yeah, sure. Why he not? could be black. Yeah. I mean, any of them could be black. Any of them could be anything. It's a fucking show. Wait, but do you know who would be so great as Nigel Bottom? Which one's that? The brother. Okay. Who? Oh, my God. Derek Baskin. Yes. Is that who you were thinking? That is who I was thinking of. And his name escaped me for whatever reason. But yes, Derek Baskin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's great casting. Wouldn't he be so great? Yeah, he already has that, like, he has that fun, weird energy. Like, he would definitely, definitely play that. Yeah. Him, him, and then, and then, and then, and then. Who would be, like, a good brother for him? I don't know. I want, I'm trying to find, like, the sweetness of Rob McClure. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because obviously that's, we, that's... you know, we love some BDJ. It's not about that. But his energy is more palatable to me in that role. Okay, okay. 
This you, would be interesting and would I think would totally change the energy between the two characters. Okay. I mean, depending on how it's directed, blah, 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 blah. Because I think that both of these guys are sort of like goofy and funny and can play it mm-hmm. that way. But I would really like to see this. Kyle Scatliff. <gasps> oh, yeah. Well, what if... Okay, yeah. so what if we played against Derek Baskin's type a little bit, made him Nick Bottom. Okay. And, and Kyle Scatliff was Nigel Bottom. I like that, too. Yes. That'd be great. Also, because yeah, I, I would mean, actually really love to see Derek because he has such sweet energy, but like obviously has he has range. I yeah. mean, I would love to see what his take on that character Absolutely. would be. Done. Done. Book it. All right. Well, we can't talk too much about it, but we also saw cats. Meow. Cats, 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 cats. We saw cats. So happy we saw cats. I know. I just, I, I feel like it was. I was so excited about cats, I bought a hat. (laughs) I feel like it was, like, it's one of those things in musical theater that's like, like, now I've seen cats. Right. Check it off my list. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll do a full review of it. So we can't, we can't like go into it more than that, but it happened. And that review will come out eventually. (laughs) I mean, only because I'm going out of town next week. So I don't know. A couple weeks, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, not a whole ton of news, but some news this week. American in Paris. Uh, originally announced closing January 1st, but now it's closing October 9th. Harsh. Yeah, I guess uh, Audra McDonald got pregnant and they were like, we got to close early. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Probably their advanced ticket sales are not high enough in the holiday (laughs) season. (laughs) Holiday season is rough. They're like, yep. I know, we'll get we'll get through the holiday season and close January first. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, No thanks. I wanna see the Phantom Wicked. of the Opera. I wanna see Wicked <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Oh well, au revoir, American in Paris. Smell you later. <laughs> Smell you later. <laughs> Okay, some also very exciting news that I'm very excited about. What is it? It, Newsies is going to be filmed. Newsies! News-a-doozies! What cast? Uh, Well, it's the touring cast, but Jeremy Jordan and Cara Lindsay are coming in for the filming. Oh, really? Yes. That, that, who? That makes me sad for the people it that are in it. It right does make now. me sad for the people, but it makes me happy to get Jeremy Jordan on tape singing Santa Fe. <laughs> it does, though. I mean, it's a bit whatever of a bummer. You need, whatever you need, whatever you need, girl. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if they'll, it says like no talks about anything, like no news about anyone else who might be coming in either. Hmm. But some of, some of the cast are in the uh, in the touring company. They're just in different roles. Like Andy Richardson mm. is crutchy. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, some cool. of the other newsies, Ian Young, JP Ferrari, they were all in the, they were like replacements and stuff and are in the touring cast. Kevin Carolyn uh, is still Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no word on what they're going to do with it. Sort of like the Hamilton situation, but I mean, it's Disney. They're going to make their money. So I'm sure they'll sell it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Join that Disney DVD club. Wait, so is this like, uh, where are they playing this? What do you mean? Like Like when they're filming it, what are they doing with it? Yeah, that's the like that hasn't been announced yet, but my guess uh, is I'll I can buy it at some point because it's Disney and they monetize everything they possibly can. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, but we're thinking Fathom event or like maybe or like Netflix. I don't know. HBO. I hope I can keep it forever. Yeah. I hope I can buy a DVD of it. Well, if not, then you'll just never get rid of your DVR that it's saved on. Oh, very true. Very true. <laughs> or like I'll have to find some nerd friend who can like take it off my DVR because that's just a computer. Don't you live with a nerd friend who can do that? Well, we don't have the equipment. <laughs> I do. Put that boyfriend to work. <laughs> boyfriend, you must save this Newsies <laughs> film. Uh. It's oh, essential to done. my existence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm excited. I don't know. I'm excited for to, to for it to live on a DVD next to my Newsies VHS tape and my Newsies uh-huh. DVD and my Newsies Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also excited because I don't know what changes, but I know that some some tweaks were made to the touring show. So mm, yeah, I'm curious about that too. See whatever differences may or may not exist. Uh, another Patty nerd thing is that the Harry Potter and the cursed, cursed child, I'm assuming it's cursed because it's British. I don't know. That's how I say it in my head. A script was mm. released yesterday, Harry Potter and JK Rowling's birthday, July 31st. And I forgot to buy it, but I ordered it from Amazon Prime, and it will arrive tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So, and there, I mean, I'm not surprised, but there are talks about it coming to Broadway. But, like, I know I will find out what happens before I see it, so I'd rather just read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I I don't care about Harry. I'm not, like, invested in the Harry Potter stuff, but I'm curious what... Yeah, like what earth shattering because it takes place when they're like adults. So that's something that Harry Potter people like you don't have that much information about their adult. Right. Just the the foreshadow or whatever. The everybody gets married and has a happy ending. Yeah, the afterword or epilogue. Epilogue. (laughs) Right. I think it takes place like that year or whatever that that epilogue takes place in. 19 years later. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm interested to hear the story and also to see see what a 
like what that looks like, like what a play, a Harry Potter play looks like, even in script form, obviously. Hmm. Because I think, you know, we talked about it before, like it's so much in her world building, but maybe now that the world is built, that won't feel missing. Hmm. Curious. I'll let you guys know. I'll read it and then tell you everything. Just kidding. I won't spoil it. I mean, you can tell me. Well, I'm sure, care. I'll tell you. <laughs> but I'm sure we have listeners in in I'm England sure. who are going to see it, or people who don't want to know. I mean, if you're going to try and hold out, Harry Potter dies, <laughs> and then he comes back to life again. <laughs> again, he's the boy who lived. Yeah, in the oh, last. Right. Don't you remember that one story. time? Well, and that one time you saw the seventh second. Part two of the seventh movie. You don't remember he, he everything has to, like, about it. Say, he has to like save himself from a Death Eater. Like well, he goes he, back in time. Yeah, that's, like he doesn't. Isn't there a thing where he's like he like ha- knows the future and he's like somebody in a cloak is going to save me from a Death Eater and then he's like, oh, it's me. It's me. Yeah, that's in the third book. <laughs> in the last book, he is Voldemort's last Horcrux. So oh, I didn't know that. He sort of when Voldemort he lets Voldemort kill him, but he doesn't die. Like the right, part of Voldemort just, that's inside like, right, of him the dies. Horcrux dies. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. And then he plays dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I would. I, I'm like a little ambivalent about it. Maybe because until I can see it, I can't be excited. Hmm. But I'm excited to read it. So we'll see. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. We also have a benefit coming up. It's not our benefit, but it's on some level Emily's benefit. The theater company that you're involved with, Honest Accomplice, is having a benefit. Yes, we are. It's going to be September 19th. And I'm like, I mean, I know I know you guys got some connections, but I'm very impressed by this roster that's been listed so far. Susan Blackwell is hosting with celebrity guests Laura Benanti and Andrew Rannells. Bloop. <laughs> also, Andrew Keenan Bolger and Celia Keenan Bolger. I don't know how they got them. And John Conley. I don't know. Good names. Oh, the whole family. Yeah, the whole family. But that's oh, exciting. Oh, that baby. That's funny. I'm sure. Well, no, they'll probably get a sitter. No, they'll leave that baby at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you can get tickets. There, I mean, for a benefit, $35 general admission. That's like right. two, th- two thumbs up on that. Yeah. And there's also like, I mean, the last, like, not, this wasn't like an actual benefit, but a little fundraiser thing that we had or what, like last year. Did you mm. come to that? I that did bar? come to that. I don't remember. Yeah, it was yeah, very like, tiny. Yeah, we had great, like, <laughs> raffle. Yeah, it was super small. And so, like, tons of people got lots of raffle things, like, if you entered the raffle. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, I don't know all the raffle stuff, but there's going to be lots of good raffle stuff. Yeah. The raffle stuff that was in the raffle last time, even though, and it was such a small group and it was like ha- mostly cast members. It was just like cast members and friends. I won something. I won like yeah, a yoga what did you, class. Yeah. 
I never went. I was going to say, you want some sort of fitness class? I wanted, I really wanted, there was like a really nice set of like bed sheets and Mm. and a blanket and pillows that I wanted, Mm. but I didn't get it. And because it's obviously a very sex positive theater, there's a lot of fun like books and toys and things like that. Mm -hmm. At least there were last time. I'm sure there will be this time. Oh, definitely. So it's not your mama's uh, everyday <laughs> raffle. Right. Definitely not. It's not like a wine and cheese package. Maybe Although I'd, someone I'd take will that. win a big dildo. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> oh, a chance to join celebrity game night. I want to join that. I don't even know what that means. Celebrity game night. Going to play games with Laura Benanti? I'm on board. Yes. Well, yeah, like I said, September 19th, you can get tickets through, I don't know, they go to their website and they'll tell you how to get tickets. Honestaccomplice.org. Last piece of news I have is there's going to be a pop-up TKTS booth at Lincoln Center. Crazy. Yeah, they're trying to get New Yorkers. Well, I wonder, like, it's so funny because I feel like, yeah, like the Times Square one still is like line, line, line. But I don't know, at least the last time I went to the South Street Seaport, nobody was there. Well, and there's different rules for the South Street Seaport. Oh, like, because really? like what? you can buy, I think you can buy next day shows there, or I should know because I used to work there, but now it's been a long time. (laughs) I never was at the South street seaport, so I never had to actually deal with that, but yeah. Okay. So this looks like it will be similar. Matinee tickets will be sold the day before the performance. I think it's also because you're not so close. So they want to give people the chance, Mm. like if it, it opens it, you know, right. 10 a.m. or something, uh, you still obviously have till 2 o'clock. But if there's a long line and you don't get there right away, so you can buy matinee tickets the day before. Uh, but, yeah, so this is is more for they're trying to get New Yorkers because it is in Times Square. Most of those yeah, people are tourists. And I, the few times I've gone... I to TKTS with like friends or family that I've visited. We've gone to the Brooklyn one. Mm. I've never been to the Brooklyn one. Yeah, there's, there's nobody there ever. <laughs> 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 and they don't always have the same shows. Also, just because bo- the box office people know, like, if we send this kind of show to Brooklyn, probably, or they'll have fewer tickets there because. The, because it is the clientele that they are like probably more local than the tourists who are like going to go see Phantom or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. When's it supposed to open? Um, August 2nd. Hey, tomorrow. Oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were like announcing we're going to go build something, but I they're know. like, no, oh, we're open. All right. Well, it might just be a little kiosk or something. Right, right. It's cool. going to be open Tuesday through Saturdays from noon to 7 p.m. Hmm. So they don't have to be open on Sunday because they sell matinee tickets the day before. Right. Hmm. 
All right. Well, if anybody tries out this new TKTS booth, let us know how it is. Yeah. We got some Dreamcasts. Dreamcast. I feel like we should have a theme song for Dreamcast. Will you Dreamcast? Dreaming <gasps> for Dreamcast. Yes. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that'll be it. I'll just sing Dream Girls except Dreamcast. Where your dream. What was it? Where your Dreamcast. Then I said Dreamcast dream- will never leave you. <gasps> there you go. That's good. I like it. <laughs> okay. So this is from Thomas and he sent us an Aida Dreamcast. Aida, my fave. A not, not a, nary a white person in sight. Yes! Good! Uh, For Aida, he has three choices, which Mm. all are just, I think, top notch. Cynthia Mm. Erivo, OBS. Oh, yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously. (gasps) Oh, my God. I want that to be real. Make that real. Make that real. Uh, okay. Oh I god, will. she could do that after the color purple. Uh, when the color purple. <laughs> I wanted that eater revival so bad. Okay, I'm sorry. Who's next? That's okay. That's okay. Options. Adrian Warren. Yes, obviously. Yes, yes, yes. Or Kiki Palmer. Yes, yes. Right. Yes. I mean, any three of them. Yes. All of them. Yes. <clears throat> All of them in rap. Yeah. For in rap. <laughs> <laughs> for Amneris. Um, Jennifer Hudson. Oh. She'd sing the shit out of it. She'd need to bring her energy up a little bit. Yes, yes. She does. I think, like, the the thing about Jennifer that really works in her favor for that character is that Amneris is very stoic. Oh, yeah, that's true. And I think that that energy, like, would agree with Jennifer very well. Mm. she's very like stoic and reserved and like like she's so reserved with her emotions and only allows them to be seen in very very minute moments like honestly like i fucking love aida but my favorite song in the entire show is the reprise of um oh my god oh my god oh my god strongest suit yep yeah because that reprise is such a beautiful moment i mean like it's I've listened to it over recently and been like, uh, I still, I see the racist problems in this. It's very yeah. racist. You know, like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's have the black slave girl giving self-esteem advice to the white princess. Literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah. So that's racist and stupid. But it's a beautiful moment, nonetheless, well, for and if it's in general. If it's, um, I mean, it's still racist, but a different kind. But if it's two black people who would mm-hmm. actually be in Africa at the time, then yes. it's more classist than racist. Right. And that's well, then, obviously like, an issue. If you don't have a white person playing the queen, which makes no fucking sense, like whatever, if you're casting historically and is racist, then then you can play into the moment of the two women who are both completely like, you know, oppressed by a patriarchal society, having a moment where they connect and are like, regardless of our positions and regardless of all these things, we as humans, each of us need to find our like inner truth and, you know, the things that are most like the things that are true to us and like fault, you know, because Amneris is like, well, I'm just doing this thing so that people don't see the real me. Yeah. And that's what we all do. 
Yeah, no kidding. It's all a defense mechanism. All of life mm. is a defense mechanism. So true. <laughs> uh, uh, Rodimus. Oh yeah. Joshua Henry. Joshua Henry. Yes. I mean, come on, come yes! on, come on, come on. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. Me too. Me too. Now, I've only seen High School Aida one time. So, who's Mareb? Is that Mareb? Joshua is, uh, Henry's like slave guy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Who that's knows what I Aida from right. before they were both enslaved. Yeah. From the yeah. block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from the old neighborhood. Uh huh. Uh, Anthony Ramos, who is, he's, um, no, 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 he's, he's not, he's the son and wait, what he's Hamilton's son. He's Philip. Oh, and then I think in the first act, he's the slave guy, the guy who's like, I'm going to end slavery. And then he dies. Right. Okay, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. As Marib? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think he'd yeah. be great. And yeah. Nehebka? Who's that? Who that? Who that? Nehebka. Oh, is that her father? Aida's dad? The king? Well, if it is, then she has. Uh, this has been gender blind cast. I forget, <laughs> man. Let me I see. I listen to that cast recording, you know, 100,000 yeah. times more than I've seen the whole show. Let's see. Well, who are the other characters? Listen, there we got like Aida's dad is a character, and Radame's dad is a character, and then we got oh, she's uh, I don't know, she's Aida's friend. Oh, maybe that's. Wait, what are the two names we have? Uh, Hammurabi. No, Marab, and Nehebka. But Marib is this a. Up. I'm gonna look this up on IBDB. Okay. I don't know. I pulled up some sort of website that like was a character breakdown, and it just says a friend of Aida, who's another slave, and lifts Aida up. Uh, wait. Man. Don't even know. Now I'm confused. Well, anyway, uh, either of these women are great. So in a musical, <laughs> Aisha Jackson, who again is from Waitress and is going to be in Ragtime oh, on yeah. Alice. Excellent. Feel free to tweet to Ragtime on Alice. And, or Ariana DeBose. Oh, yeah. Who I just love Ariana DeBose. More work yeah. for her. Yes, please. All right. Well, that's... That's Wait, Thomas's... I need to figure this out because it's going to drive me crazy. Okay. Well, what are Hold the songs? Just give me Look like, at the song like, listings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what I'm... I'm on the Wikipedia page now. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Uh, that's why. So Marib is the, the person who knew Aida back in the old country and mm-hmm. now is like a, another slave. And Nehe- what is that? Nehebka? Nehebka? Um, yeah. 
she it's basically just a soloist role in like i think in dance of the robes or or one of the you know one of those songs when they're like they're like aida we fucking need you you're our queen she's the soloist and maybe she has more scenes i've only seen the whole show once me too um (laughs) so i don't remember if she has other scenes i think she's mostly just a vocal soloist okay um who clearly does some crazy shit in those songs i mean the the things that Heather Headley does on that Ugh. cast recording are just a revelation to us all. <laughs> oh, and I love the music of this show so much. There's not a single song that you skip. Mm. Who should play the evil guy? The Jafar of the piece. Zoser? Yeah. The dad? Yeah. Um, let me think, let me think. Norm Lewis. Oh, yeah. All right. I would like to see that. I'm sold. Although you might need to change the keys for him. Hmm. Because he has to sing another pyramid. Hmm. I feel like that song is high. Can't you just, can you reorchestrate it and just make it low and make I it I mean, for if him? we're doing a revival, sure, we can do whatever we want. Great. I mean, it's not like you're throwing them in there and they have to change the keys, which can be done, but is more complicated. I mean, they didn't change the keys for him in Phantom. They sure did not. <laughs> but if they can change the keys for him, then I'm here for it. All right. I would love to hear another pyramid sung like super low. Mm. That would be interesting. Oh, wait, I know. Oh my god, wait, 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 wait. I mean, a yes. Okay, wait. You need to reorchestrate all of Zoster's parts, make them for a bass, and then hire who was that amazing fucking bass in Jesus Christ Superstar? Oh, he played like Caiaphas, right? Yeah, let me look him up. I just searched Jesus on IBDB. That's funny. Um, Oh, my God. Um, How many shows came up? Well, this was the only one. I mean, names, other actors came up, and this was the first Mm. show. Marcus Nance. Marcus Nance. Yeah. Reorchestrate those parts for a bass and cast Marcus Nance. Holy Uh. shit. I remember how fucking gorgeous his bass I do. Is. I do. I do. Oh, my God. Oh, Mark, he was More great. bass on Broadway. More, I'm on board for that. God. Ugh, remember um, uh, Mark Kudish's show that never happened? No. Like, in defense of the baritone or something yes. like that? Yes. Man. Revive it. Make it happen. Do it at 54 below. <laughs> Revive it. It didn't even happen. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sending us that, Thomas. And to sort thanks. of uh, add to the theme of this episode, we got a dream cast from Sean who laments the days when they used to do all black versions of musicals mm. and suggested an all black catch me if you can. Okay, yep. And suggested, and he had a good point about the show itself. 
about, uh, you know, the women are pretty incidental in it. And especially like the Carrie Butler role was mm-hmm. bigger, which is why Carrie Butler said yes to it. Right. And then it got cut down. So if they could make her role more complex, that would be great. And I agree. Uh, but his suggestions for Frank Abagnale Jr. is Leslie Odom Jr. Oh. I mean, too young for it. No, no, no. Junior. Oh, Junior. Wait, I'm confused. That's the Aaron the Tveit son. part. Aaron Tveit, yeah. What's, what's, what's uh, the Norbert's character? Carl Handratty. Carl, right, right, right. Okay, yes. Yes. That's interesting because I was like, oh, I would see him, but he's like in 10 years from now. Oh, sure. Or 20 yeah. years from now. Like when, because he's also like beautiful and looks like he's 22. Well, yeah. <laughs> Carrie Butler, Ageless Beauty. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he would, I mean, his goodbye would be insane. Um, his voice would destroy that score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see, yeah. I want to hear him sing Fly, Fly Away. Holy shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, for Frank Abagnale Sr., his dad, who was, um, God, why can't I think of his name? Oh, my God. Gives us postcards to 54 Below shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Wopat. Tom Wopat. Brian Stokes Mitchell. Oh, Yeah. That'd be good and a little against type. I mean, closer, yeah. to, I guess, to what he did in Shuffle Along, where he's kind of like, you know, right, jerky or whatever. Not that, you know, whatever. Just mm. uh, showing his Brian Stokes range. I would like that. Which I think would be great. Now, this is, this is great casting that I wouldn't have thought of. For Carl Handratty, David Allen Greer. <gasps> yes! Wouldn't that be great? Absolutely. That's brilliant. I'm in love with it. Um, And I kind of need to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And for Brenda Strong, Nikki M. James. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. On board. Mm -hmm. 100%. Me too. I mean, I'm, you know, I love Catch Me If You Can. What? Did you know that? Did you know you I love, love that show? If you can, I love that show. Interesting. I never. So knew that. I am a thousand percent on board with this. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else. Like, there's his mom, who admittedly has my least favorite song in that show. Um, but I bet. Like, it would be great to see Rima Webb play that role. There's, like, a okay. lot of depth to it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, you know who we need back on Broadway? Who's way too who? famous for that part. But you know who Who just... We fucking need her back on Broadway, like, immediately? Who? Cheryl Lee Ralph. Oh, God. I thought of Cheryl her, too, Lee actually. Ralph, yeah. where are you? Oh, I don't know. She did First Wives Club and then was like, oh, no, musical Mm. theater is ruined. (laughs) I love her so much. She's great on Twitter. I don't think I follow her on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know. Cheryl Lee Ralph. I don't know. We follow her. So that's how I see her tweets. I'm following her right now. Okay. She's real great. Oh my god, I, uh, her Twitter profile is amazing. Her Twitter bio is amazing. 
divinely inspired, victoriously aware actor, author, singer, hashtag mighty real producer, HIV AIDS activist, wife, mother, sister, influencer. She is Hayden. an influencer. What is Hayden? I don't know what Hayden is. Oh, and she is she on Criminal Minds? Oh, maybe. Oh, my God. I don't watch that show, but maybe I need to. If Cheryl Lee Ralph is on it, then I need to watch it. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Hayden is. I'm looking at it right now. I like that her, like, uh, location is right where I should be. Yes. Wherever she is is where she should be. Oh, my God. Wait. Cheryl Lee Ralph is singing in a concert in Philadelphia on August 20th called Divas Simply Singing. Who else is in that concert? Let's go to Philly. I don't recognize any of these other names, but oh. Cheryl Lee Ralph. Avery Sunshine, Kiki Wyatt, Martha. Wa- oh, Martha Wash. Well, come on. <laughs> Mac Wilds tweet. Mesa, Blush, Sarah Dash, Jean, uh, what's that say? Jean Carney, Full Force, Cheryl Pepsi Riley, Sarita Rochelle, I think is a lot. It's really, yeah, it's I a s- small file. It's hard to read. Um, <laughs> but if you're in Philadelphia on August 20th, oh my God, go see Cheryl Lee Ralph in this diva simply singing. What a great, what a great title for a concert. A community concert for healing. Mm, that's great. Yeah. All right. I mean, there aren't really, uh, like, all the other roles are pretty, like, character-y. So they, right. I would hope that they would get to be really great ensemble people just to have moments, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at Shirley Ruff's Twitter. Do you know who would be great, but the role is too small for her in the Linda Hart role in um, Brenda's mother's role, saying Our Family Tree? Andrea Martin. Andrea Burns? Oh, you said Andrea Burns. That's so funny. <laughs> no, no, I, said I didn't Andrea say Martin. anyone, but you said Andrea Martin. Did you mean Andrea Martin? I did mean Andrea Martin. Oh, okay. She would be great in that, but I was still thinking like uh, all black cast. Oh, right. Lily's <laughs> white. Oh, my God. Right? Like yeah. too small, but wouldn't she crush it? Way too small, but yes. Oh, God. I want to see Lilius White's take on the Aaron Tveit part. <laughs> Sold. Right. Or Carl Handratty. She'd be in like a oh sassy suit. Oh my god! That's a real thing. I mean, like, obviously I want to see Lilius White play like a 17-year-old white boy, because that would be fascinating. But having her play like a 50-year-old cranky old white guy, oh my god, I want to see that. She would be great. Oh Can you imagine her Don't Break the Rules? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <sighs> Whoever is in charge of Broadway Backwards and or Miscast, oh, yes! please make Either of these happen. Have her sing Don't Break the Rules or have her sing Goodbye and You're Welcome, everyone. Thanks for that Dreamcast, Sean. I love talking about Catch Me If You Can. And Emily loves talking about Aida, so thanks for that, Thomas. Yeah, thank you. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update! Carolee Carmelo is really enjoying her time with the children of Finding Neverland. She's putting those kids to work for her social media. 
It's pretty amazing. Ugh. Like, got them to build a pyramid, got them all to be in for dub <laughs> smash. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, she also offered herself to be in our production of Town. Oh, my God. I mean, Which, maybe yes, so please. excited. Yes, obviously. Mm. Carolee Carmelo in Town. Hello. I've heard the bootleg. I'd like to hear it live. Thank you. Also, like, a perfect, awful time for a revival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, we could like, definitely uh, learn the some lesson. real shit. Let's get some real shit going. Yeah. 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 No pun intended. <laughs> now it's time for the Audra McDonald Tweet, tweet of, of the week. week. On July 27th at 8.06 a.m., Audra McDonald tweeted, Dear Bill O'Reilly, Maybe now you'll get why people are having a hard time with your description of the slaves' accommodations. So this is referencing a series of tweets that Audra sent of... To human garbage pile Well, yeah, but to Bill O'Reilly, slave ships, slave quarters, after he made nonsense comments, as he does, to just get attention to himself yeah. about how, you know, the slaves who built the White House were well-fed and had nice accommodations. Which is just... The, you, know what, you know what the most absurd... I mean, that... It's hard to rank what is the most absurd thing you could possibly say, denying the horrors of slavery. But uh, there was so many articles going around, like, like there was quotes being like, the United... like Because I think it was part of something he said, that he was like, the United States stopped hiring slaves. And I was like, I'm sorry... What? They stopped they stopped right. hiring slaves? Do you know what words mean? <laughs> Do you know what words? I mean it's there's whatever yeah, like that's white not- people are constantly being like oh we need to like blah 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 the slavery of taxes, the slavery of this, the slavery of that and it's like you know what white people you need to retire the word slavery. The only mm. thing you can use the word slavery for is talking about actual slavery, like human slavery. That's what slavery is. Taxes are not slavery. Yeah. Like, it's just fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. Well, Audra McDonald, I think in a, in a way that was good without giving him more attention but addressing it because she didn't actually tag him in any of these tweets. And her response, this response received press. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I think there are probably people out there who love Audra McDonald from private practice who don't want to hear her saying these confrontational things who need to hear it. And she has somewhat of a reach beyond uh, preaching to the choir sort of situation. Wait, actually, I'm curious. She's not going to reach Bill O'Reilly. Right, of course. No, he doesn't. He's unreachable. He doesn't have a brain. He is a pile of poop. In a suit. Yeah. Um, what <laughs> do you remember learning about slavery in elementary school or middle school or anything? Um, mostly I remember learning about slavery from the American Girl books. Really? But I, I, I'm, and so I'm not sure if I knew about it before that and it like added to uh-huh. it or if I learned about it through that and then learned about it after that. Do you like? Do you remember like reading the Addie books? Was like how old were you when you read the Addie books? Um, let me see when Addie came out because she's the doll that I have. 
and she was added a little later because mm. I got them right away. Like when there were new books, I got the new books right mm. away. Uh, I looked it up. So the Addy books came out in September of 93. So I was 10. My guess is I got them for Christmas because that's when mm. I got a lot of those books. How old were you in 93? Um, 10. You just 10. said that. I did say that. <laughs> it's just interesting because I was like talking with someone else about like, like whatever. I, the All of the denying of slavery is horrifying. And I... It's just like I remember really, really vividly learning about slavery in elementary school. And I like I remember those memories like in the same way that I remember like learning about the Holocaust and like having like I was in I'd learned about the Holocaust like super young because I'm Jewish and they tell you about it like all the time. Right. And even when <laughs> you're like I mean, I think they really start like explaining it when you're like seven, you know, when they're seven years old or so, yeah. like around that age. So, like, I remember being in sixth grade and doing, like, a big project for public school about the Holocaust and, like, sitting and, like, crying while I was writing my note cards because I was, like, hit with the impact of, like, what six million Jews meant, you know? How many people Mm -hmm. that meant? And, like, I fucking remember sitting in my classroom, like, going, doing things, learning about slavery. Like, I, my class was, like, my teacher like turned off all the lights and we all were like lying on the floor, like sausaged up close together, you know, pretending like we were on a slave ship. And she was like describing the conditions. And like, I don't I fucking remember like that. It was so impactful. And then talking to other people who are like, no, I literally didn't learn about slavery in school is just horrifying to me. Like, it is so, like, that's why I think when people, when I ask people, like, I'm like, do you remember learning about slavery in school? And you're like, I don't know, I don't remember. Like, I fucking remember learning about it because it was, I was like eight years old and I was lying on the floor being like, oh my God, I could be passing this potato back and forth, like in the middle of the ocean. Like, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. And like, yeah, like, I don't know. I've done a lot of thinking about sheltering people from horrors and children and innocence and... You got to fucking tell people what's up. Yeah. That's why the American Girl dolls are so important. Oh my God, they are. The American, like, fuck. I remember, like, you remember, so my most vivid memory of reading, like, Addie books was, like, the scene when they, mm-hmm. when they are escaping and they go through that river and they come out the other side with leeches all over them. That yes. shit, that shit stayed with me. I mean. Also, also when the, um overseer made her eat a worm uh, or a, a grub mm-hmm. or whatever see that is like fucking addy books like that is really amazing educational tools like that is how you educate young people about things that adults think are like too horrifying for young people mm-hmm. you know like slavery that's that's too horrible for a child to know about well you know what children were slaves so really i think everyone should fucking know like what are you getting out of, like, preserve... I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about preserving childhood innocence. You have a lot of opinions. That's true. Well, so does Audra McDonald, and she's using her voice as much as she can, which is great, because she does have that slight overreach into an audience that needs to hear it. Yeah. 
That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.